Welcome to Teach Your Passion Online, the weekly podcast for passionate people who want to build online businesses. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Matthew Chapman, and my guest today is the amazing Stuart Tomlinson, who is the owner, creator, founder of Warrior Collective. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm very good. Thank you, Matt. Um, you are a seriously busy person. Um, if you're not familiar with Warrior Collective, it's an amazing YouTube channel to start with, but obviously you've gone into lots of other areas. You're filming like full-time instructionals for various instructors. What was the kind of founding idea behind Warrior Collective for you? Um, so Warrior Collective, um, I guess, started off as an idea when I was young. Um, obviously when I, because of the age I'm at, uh, when I was younger, there was no internet, no Google. Um, so martial arts was uh, sometimes very hit and miss in terms of the quality, how to find it, where it was. So you were relying on word of mouth or magazines or books. And, yeah. um, and obviously, even from a young age, I was interested in different styles and how different coaches taught. And so I always wondered, you know, what it was like you know in these gyms or these coaches that I saw in the magazines or when I saw them fighting or competing in, in different rules I had a real interest in the in the coaching and technical side of it and also um having lived in a gym since I've been young kind of spending all my time there you know I have a real passion for people who have that passion so I'm a kind of my wife will tell you that I only really come alive when someone talks to me about martial arts. <laughs> Same here. And so that's, that's kind of, that's where the, the idea started. And I guess it didn't really take hold properly until um, a time when I felt that I had the ability to do that. And that was a combination of uh, the time, obviously cameras had become better um the internet had given you know more access to speaking to relevant people so it was just a a combination of factors and so i've been doing warrior collective now solidly for seven years um, pretty much solid from from that time and it's uh i mean the youtube channel is just huge now isn't it it's taken off massively yeah i mean i think um it's a bit different to a lot of youtube channels um in that i mean youtube sometimes bother me now and again and tell me i should be doing this this and this and making it a bit more like the the kind of uh, i guess the vlogging sort of things that they like the entertainment channels but mm. i kind of set it up with i wanted it to be like a resource for people so the sort of thing that i like which is like okay different videos from different coaches coaching what they're good at in the way that they do it themselves so not me copying their ideas and trying to mimic it, but actually going and allowing them the ability to put it in their own language and put it across in their own way. So one of the things I'm very proud of with Warrior Collective actually is every video on there is, is something that I've been out and filmed myself. Yeah. So, you know, there's like 1,300, 1,400 videos on there from all over the world. And every single one is, is one that I've been out to film personally. You know, so not only have I had that experience then of seeing these amazing coaches in action but i also then get to know them and you know hopefully stay friends and on really good terms with 
with all the people on there. So it's it's a very much a win-win uh, kind of thing for me. I don't see any any downside to it at all. So it's it's uh, I don't see it as work. I see it as you know something that I really enjoy. Yeah, it's your passion, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, what's the plan to turn it into this big channel, or, or you just you were just kind of starting off and you're just sharing? Um, videos that inspired you for other people or did you have some sort of plan um you know it, it, you know I'd, I'd like to sound really clever and say that you know, <laughs> five-year business plan that we you know it's, it's going really well and, and and in the in the beginning you know um there was no thing for me I, i'm not i'm really not money orientated so mm -hmm. it was never a, a factor for me in in doing it so um, the traveling, the learning, and the sharing was was really, and still is, to be fair, is is my main driver. You know, it was so. I'd been, I was doing videos just to put out for free on YouTube for four or five years before I ever did anything else. You know, so um, it was. I always had in my head where it it could go. Yeah. So I had these ideas of you know what what I could do with it, but. I guess I was enjoying the journey so much that I didn't really feel a need, <laughs> you know, in the early stages to do anything other than what I was enjoying, you know, and, and that was really the, the travel, the meeting new people and, and filming the, the things that I filmed to, to, to put up. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, cause obviously the, the top name of this podcast is teach your passion online and you've literally, followed your passion for martial arts um, ever since you're a kid like me reading the old magazines and wondering what it'd be like to travel to America or Japan to um, train with these people but you've actually done it. Yeah no I mean I've, um, I'm very fortunate that you know the, the things that I've done have allowed me the um, chances and the connections and the experiences that I have and you know I guess a lot of that is just persistence and the fact that I'm not money orientated so I don't feel like I need to you know some the problem some people have I think sometimes is they want to see a, a very quick return on any time they put in and yeah you know that was never really why I did it so I was always in it for the long game and even if right now I wasn't taking any money from any of it it would still be what I want to do and it'd still be my passion you know, I'm, I'm just fortunate now that it's got to a point where it's sustainable and it allows me to develop the sort of projects and travels, you know, that I, you know, that I, that I, I wanted to, to do. Um, and again, because I've met so many people personally on my travels now, I think what's great about the martial arts community is um, it's very close and the people who are very good in it are always great people and you know it's the relationships that you form in that journey then kind of give you the opportunities for any next stages that you want to kind of progress into absolutely i mean when i talk to my clients i'm always you need a worthwhile goal beyond making money from if you're setting up an online business because you're not going to work as hard you're not going to be as passionate you're not going to help as many people you're not going to develop as much if you're not passionate about what you're doing and uh, you're absolutely right. I think just doing it for the money isn't going to work. You have to love what you're doing and, and want to help as many people as possible. Yeah, um, no, I mean, I always understand when people talk about money, 
there's yeah. a need for money to um to kind of it, you know people need to survive they need to pay for things and you know and that's why i guess with myself you know it, i have uh, started off slow and then built it up over a long time you know so it's, it's kind of been an organic growth rather than you know expecting it to be where i am now back then after three or six months or a year or, or you know whatever it was yeah it's yeah and people want quick results nowadays don't they um i think they can bang up a youtube channel and get millions of views straight away how did you um like choose the people you wanted to to interview and, and film their content did you were just looking out for people that you had seen or you respected what was your reasoning behind that um i guess you know back in the day you know again one of the things that i i always look for with warrior collective is i kind of see myself as a, a kind of person who signposts great people for other people to check out right you know? um so you know i i read a lot you know and obviously I, i'm just as obsessive about developing martial arts as anyone so i'm always kind of looking at you know who's good who's coaching who's fighting who's who's getting good results and then you know i'll research and look a bit further and then you know, it, 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 sometimes it's someone I, I've known for a long time and sometimes it's someone who's been recommended and sometimes it's just someone who I've seen and I've gone, you know what, I really like the way that they coach. And, and uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I seem to have a good eye for, you know, recognising good coaches in any martial arts style, you know, and I'd like to think that the Warrior Collective is, is both diverse in terms of it's got coaches from lots of different martial arts styles on there not just you know not just one thing um so for me the the what i look for in someone to feature is someone who's very good at what they do and someone who is a good person a good role model for that community um, yeah, cool. and that's that's important to me as well is you know for me martial arts is is as much about the character and the ethos as it is about the the technical and the sport side of it absolutely yeah um, have you ever ha ever had someone refuse to film with you? Um, well, not really, to be honest. Um, <laughs> That's quite good. If if I approach, uh, it's a weird one because I've been doing it so long now. At the start, I was doing it when no one was really doing what I was doing. So uh, I mean, at the start, a lot of people were very against online martial arts learning. Yeah. So the you know going back that period you know there's still a lot of people who are like you can't learn martial arts online it's no good you shouldn't be doing that and you know i was always very clear from the start was i don't think you should learn solely online but i do think it's a good supplementary way to um help with regards to either your learning as a student or your professional development as a coach um i mean i can safely say that i've learned so much from what I filmed, you know, that I've implemented into my own training and coaching style. So I, I know firsthand that it works, you know, yeah. so I, it's, I think nowadays, you know, especially over the past year or two, and especially because of the current pandemic, there's been a greater appreciation of, well, actually, you know, if you put your mind to it, digital learning can be, you know, done in such a way that you, you can benefit from it. So you know, it's kind of 
yeah, I guess I was one of the first sort of people to kind of travel across the board to do that. But now, you know, I think a lot of people understand its worth and, you know, I see, you see a lot more people embracing digital content. Yeah, they do, don't they? I think, I've, I kind of think they were forced to though, weren't they? They wouldn't, they wouldn't have done it naturally. I'm not sure, you know, of their own volition, but they, um, you know, the whole Corona problem, pandemic thing, forced them to take some steps which maybe they didn't want to take but now that they've actually taken them they they probably understand and respect and like you say I think especially for martial artists who've been training a long time like myself and, and you um, you know you can learn off online it's probably not the ideal um, mechanism for a total beginner to learn online because you don't have the correction and you don't have the experience and you don't have the knowledge and you know the proprioception and all that stuff but I think as you get more and more experienced, you can learn more and more from online. Um, quick question about like your YouTube channel. So it's obviously huge. You say 1300 videos, you must have millions of views by now. Did you have any sort of plan or structure with the YouTube channel? Or are you just literally putting up videos, um, putting a link in the video and, and, and off you go? Yeah, I mean, I think in the beginning, um... Uh, I think I think now I'm about 20 million views plus wow. YouTube, um, something like that. Uh, and again, there are a lot. There are a lot of bigger channels. Um, you know, I don't I don't kind of really do it for that sense no. and the views or anything like that. But I, you know, one and again, one of the things for me is, I, you know, I'm quite happy visiting someone no one knows as much as I am visiting someone who's world famous. Yeah, you know, because. I, you know, I've, I, and this is one of the key things as well, um, which I think people listening can probably take from this, is I've never been somewhere that I've not learned something from. No matter if it's Joe Bloggs who does kickboxing in Bolton, or it, you know, if it was someone world famous in the States, you know, just someone's language, the way that they put it across, the slight little differences in the coaching mechanics you know, um, and also after all my travels, I've actually never seen any two people coach the same thing the same way. Oh, wow. That's quite amazing. It's, it's, it's bizarre. <laughs> you know, I think I've, I've probably done more filming than anyone else in the world right now, personally, with, with all the hours that I've done. And I've, I've never seen anyone coach the same thing twice. It's really strange. And, um, so I think people should take some, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Some uh, feeling good about the fact yeah. that, you yeah. know, that actually, you know, everyone's different. Everyone's coaching is different. Everyone's methods are different. And even when you've learned from someone, you aren't the same as them. You develop your own teaching language, your own style. So, you know, I really, I really enjoy that aspect of it. And with regards to the YouTube channel, um obviously when I first started I was you know I didn't come from filming I didn't come from tech I didn't really have I wasn't really into YouTube I'm not like you know what you can see nowadays these kids who are like YouTube yeah <laughs> you know, I wasn't really into YouTube it was just it was the platform that seemed the easiest one to to share what I wanted to do and you know and in the early days you know I probably you know made loads of mistakes in terms of all the things that we say what you learn about nowadays in terms of thumbnails and scheduling and yeah you know. so that's kind of evolved for me over time but i was very lucky in the beginning that 
you know, a lot of people really obviously enjoyed what I was putting out and a lot of people were sharing it and commenting on it. And, you know, so it's, and, and again, I think back then, you know, it seems like I say it keeps, it's like, it's like it was a long time ago, but <laughs> the, world, the world digitally has changed a lot in the past, like seven to 10 years. And I think back then there really wasn't an awful lot of good content for certain things. Um, so like, like Muay Thai, for example, there was like this kind of gap at that point. There was a bit, but you know, there wasn't loads of, you know, quality instructional content. And so the things that I were putting out were with people who, you know, were really good and, you know, it just kind of took off. And so it was very organic, you know, there was never any paid for advertising. It was just good content relevant to its time. And, you know, it kind of, you know, it did, it, you know, it did well because of that more, more than any, it wasn't really, all I can say is, you know, I always tried my hardest to film and produce it to the level that was equivalent to the ability of the people that were doing. So the amount of effort they put into the coaching, I was always trying to put it into the production values of how good the videos looked. So even though I think I've improved over the years, well, I definitely have, um, you can still see right from the start, the production values on the videos has always tried to be, you know, the best that it can be. Absolutely, yeah, because uh, we met uh, in person when you came to my school and did a little bit of filming uh, for the channel um, and I was showing some of my Mitmaster stuff. Um, has your, you say your technological skills have kind of evolved over the time. So you, when you came to the school, you were using two, two separate cameras. Uh, to get different shots and different angles, obviously. Um, you then obviously edit it and put it together, so you must use some particular software for that. Um, what, what, what's the tools and the bits and pieces that you use? Obviously, you use distribution YouTube. Um, you're using a couple of Canon cameras or are you using something else? Um, so, because I, I do a lot of traveling, you know, um, I didn't want a really massive, heavy setup to carry around, you know, and again, I do a lot of my travel via public transport so that I can just start editing on the train and you know not in traffic. So I, I always so I take my laptop, I've got my memory and I can download memory cards. So so normally I have two cameras, two tripods, a selection of lenses. Um, so the can the I use Canon DLSRs. Um, yeah. um, so there I use two of them. And again, depending on what I'm doing depends on which ones I'd used. Um, and then I've got a couple of lenses that I use for different things, a couple of um, zoom lenses, just short zoom lenses, and then a couple of prime lenses. Uh, I have a Rode mic that I utilize. Um, and then obviously apart from the, the tripods, I, again, nowadays it's evolved a little bit. Now I'll also take a bit of footage on my phone. You know, I'll take LED lights to help um, lighten up because a lot of gyms are very, industrial and dark so you know there's a, there's a few things that i take so i take new new i use new led lights because they gave them to me as a sponsor you know and but i was using that brand anyway to be fair yeah, i use them for my filming as well yeah they're quite um you know affordable and, and you know and reliable kind of uh, equipment you know in terms of lighting and other things uh, i use their I use their bag to carry my cameras. I think the bag's great. So, so it was quite a natural thing. I was already using some of that anyway, but 
So you've kind of, you've kind of upgraded some of the bits, like the lighting, like you say, because I find when I'm working with clients, lighting is key, isn't it? Yeah, you know, lighting is key. And, and again, it, it really depends on what, what you want it to look like, you know, and it depends how far you want to go with it. Again, because I do a lot of traveling, I didn't want to go too mad because I didn't want to be carrying yeah. all sorts because I'm, I'm traveling on my own. And so sometimes if I'm traveling a long way, I've obviously got another bag, which has got my clothes and my other things in. So it, it just gets ridiculous, you know, so I just try and pack light and, you know, and just be effective with what I've got. Um, and in terms of editing software, I just use, tends to use Premiere Pro, um, use Photoshop. So I use Adobe Cloud really for all my production stuff, post filming. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, Joe, you know I, I don't think there's anything that I do that other people couldn't do. You know, I'd like to say, oh, you know, super skilled, I'm special, you couldn't do what I do. <laughs> It's not the case at all. I just think most people aren't as OCD as I am, who will just keep doing and doing and doing and putting it out. And so I think it's more to do with my stubbornness, persistence, and just lack of a social life, which allows me to just keep going, I guess. <laughs> That's funny. And at some point you moved from kind of doing these, these short clips. So when you, you go to a gym, you came to our gym, you were there for quite a long time. You know, we, we had a few instructors that you were filming, so it probably took a couple of hours of filming. How long does the editing take afterwards? Um, so again, you know, that's changed over time. Nowadays, there's so many different social media platforms and, and ways that you can put your content out in terms mm. of Instagram, Facebook, stories, YouTube main, YouTube, YouTube stories, reels, you know, the, the list is endless. So what was used to be quite a quick uh, editing um, when it was just YouTube uh, has now obviously changed because now there's different edits and different ways to put things together, you know, for different platforms. So um, I guess, you know, if it, was just, if it was just a YouTube video and it was, you know, let's say I did six videos that were five to six minutes long, the editing of, of all those videos would probably take me an hour and a half to two hours tops. Right. Obviously nowadays I create multiple edits for different platforms and different reasons. It can go on a bit further than that because obviously you create them all slightly different from each other. And um, so, yeah, the, the, it's, it's changed a little bit over that period of time. And I guess, you know, for anyone listening who was, who is interested in that, I'd say, you know, it really depends on what you want from that footage, you know, as to how much time you want to spend on it. And sometimes some people don't like over-edited footage nowadays. You know, they like um, a lot more, you know, personal footage that doesn't feel like it's been overdone, you know, so adding loads of graphics and adding this, that and the other, you know, it can go against you on some platforms, you know, yeah. so I'd say, have a think of what you want to do with it. That would be my best advice, you know, and, and don't be afraid to, you know, stand in front of the camera, talk, don't be afraid to make mistakes, be personal, be real, be genuine, you know, and, and, and you'll no doubt will do well, you know, if you're putting out something of value to people. Yeah, that's uh, that's great advice. Um, so you obviously enjoy the filming and the traveling. Do you enjoy the editing as well or? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, in a perverted way, it uh, <laughs> kind of takes up a lot of time. And, and it yeah, I was just about to ask, you, do, you don't want to outsource that so you could do more filming because you don't have to edit or? 
I'm too, I'm, I'm really, you know, what, you know, I say OCD, I actually do have OCD, you know, I oh, okay. I'm not joking when I say that. So I, 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 you know, I've, I've put up a blog post on my website before now talking about mental health, but I do actually have OCD. Right. And so some of the things that, you know, I kind of have with that, um, you know, I guess for me, it's, I don't like to not go through it myself, you know, so I'd, it's difficult, you know, I'd like to just go through it all myself and check it's all okay and make sure, you know, like I said, I'm quite, I'm as perfectionist as I can be with things. Yeah. You know, and, and that, and I guess that, you know, for me, it's helpful with my martial arts because I'm always obsessing about striving to be better in everything that I do, you know, and I guess I could outsource it, you know, um, I could get other people to film, but I just find that they just don't do it as I would want it done. You know, they haven't got the same level. They've either not got the martial arts knowledge, so right. they're filming the wrong thing, or they haven't got the camera knowledge and the, the filming's not at the right stage for what they're talking about. So what you've got to realise now is because I've done thousands of hours, I've got quite intuitive about what's coming next. So, you know, I have a really good ability now to second guess from what the coach is doing, where they're going to go. You yeah. Know? So it's very difficult then to put that on someone else. Uh, I'd have to train someone up. And I guess at this point in time, that's just not what I want. I, I still, I still enjoy that whole process of it. Yeah. Even though, like I said, it's very time intensive and, you know, and again, this boils down to if it was just about money, then I guess financially it would make more sense to do it a different way. But, you know, for me, it wasn't just about that. So it's, um, so I do have people that work for me mm -hmm. uh, with Warrior Collective, but just uh, generally, I don't, I, you know, I don't let anyone else be involved in, you know, in that aspect of it, you know. So, so what's amazing, do they, they do more social media stuff for you? Or? Um, well, like at the moment, I'm just about to launch an app. So I've had an app in development for the past few months. Cool. Um, so the Warrior Collective app is about to launch, hopefully at some point this month. Um, and that's going to be a way to access and stream the downloads uh, from the site and also offer people exclusive content and different functions via the app, which will hopefully allow them to take even more advantage of the coaches content that I've got and that I want to keep developing with so so the app is uh, the next stage of that because once the app's live then the site will change um, to fall in line with the app uh, so then there'll be a combination of streaming and downloads and and like I said different functionality um, audio files more engagement from each coach so it's it's just a next evolution of it but that that's obviously beyond my expertise and you know that's what I've had people working on and, um, and and a couple of other things but really the filming and the editing tends to be mainly me yeah. unless it's less unless it's something like okay I've already created this video you know would you do me a, an edit for you know Instagram or something then I might ask someone who works for me to do that but 99.9% .9 of the time it's with me because I just don't like um 
other people to 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 do that because I just always like always irks me that they haven't done it the way that I would do it. So I just right. feel like rather than rather than it irk me. I'll just do it myself. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah I totally understand. <laughs> Most martial arts are the same, I think. You know, we all have a little bit of that um, perfectionist nature in us. Um, for example, I still film and edit all my own videos as well. So I'm the same. I just, you just want it how you want it. So I totally, I totally get that. And then you moved from sort of creating little short videos to like full instructionals. Um, what was the reason for that? Um, so I started doing the full length instructionals about two years ago now. Um, and it was always obviously one of the ideas to, so really like with Warrior Collective, I always wanted it to be a win-win situation for everyone. So, you know, if I, if I went to film someone, you know, the gym or the coach got the ability for me to promote them across a wider audience, show people how good they were they got access to my photos and content, which they can use on the site. People watching the videos obviously get free content that they can learn from these great coaches. So there was no losing out from it. You know, there was yeah. no negative. So, so for me, the paid for content was a, another just string to that. You know, people watching got much more in-depth content from coaches that they enjoyed from the free content. And the, the gyms then... Were able to have a regular revenue stream each month outside of their personal training or their private lessons or their gym fees that you know once that stuff was up it was just a I won't say passive income because passive means there's no work involved but <laughs> and that income that isn't time constricted like a lesson or a class yeah absolutely I mean I've been banging on about that for years as you know try to try to encourage instructors to do it um but I, I've always, because I, I'm quite independent, I've always gone, well, I'll just do it myself. So I film my own stuff. I edit it, I upload it, I create the websites, you know, similar to you. A lot of instructors maybe feel that they don't have the technological skills, do they, to build out the infrastructure that's required to build this product that can create passive income. So what you're kind of offering them is a place to share their content, generate sales, um, but you'll do all the kind of grunt work for them. Is that correct? Um, well, it's, you know, it's what, it's one of those things like that. I think when people, when I've visited people, you know, and, and filmed with them, you know, and they've seen, you know, the interaction and they've seen how, how passionate I am and they see the community that grows consistently, you know, when I've been on my travels, you know, um, you know, it's got, it's got to the point where people know of the Warrior Collective, you know, everywhere I've been, you know, in Asia. So, you know, I've had people come up to me, you know, for a photograph, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> and, and like, like when I was in Singapore and it was like, I was in this restaurant and like, ah, oh, yeah, Warrior Collective. And, and it's like, so, it's like so weird um, because I don't, I don't put myself, you know, so I don't put myself at the front of it, if that makes sense. So it's yeah. not. Stuart Tomlinson martial arts it was you know I I try and have a personal touch on the channel you know yeah. I've done a few videos myself and I've you know I try to you know show people that there's just you know a real person behind it but most of the time obviously um I'm promoting others um so it's I guess people 
people like people, don't they? And if they like who you are and what you're about, then the, it's, there's that comfortableness about, well, actually, you know, I'm not really that, not really that into doing this filming or this site stuff. So here's a marriage with a person who I like, who, you know, who I know and trust will do the best out of it as possible. And, you know, and, 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 and again, it's just an option for people. You know, I, I never pressure anyone. It would just be, you know, if you want to do it, it's cool. You know, um, and I think now, I think there's 36 volumes on the site. Cool. Ones. Um, I've got another five or six that go up this month. Um, and to be honest, there would have been a lot more by now, but the travel restrictions have kind of knocked it on the head a bit. Yeah, <laughs> you know? of course. So yeah. um, I've got quite a few in the States and Asia and Canada that I'm supposed to be doing, but obviously I'm just waiting for restrictions to lift. And, you know, they're really with cool, cool people. And, you know, like, yeah, like it goes back to like what I said with Warrior Collective. For me, it's like just having the opportunity to spend time and learn from them. You know, and in this way, work on projects with people that, you know, I admire and have a lot of time for. And, you know, it's, um, it's, just, a, it's just a cool thing. It's a nice one for, for, for the charity that we spoke about earlier. You know, there's nothing, I'm not, I'm not getting anything from that. You know, if anything, it's costing me money and my time. But, you know, it's, I, I, like, I like to help people. And, you know, I guess for me, the, the full length ones are, just another way of helping people in different ways to help the people who want to learn, help the gyms who want to sustain what they're doing. Um, so it's, again, like I said earlier, it's a, it's a win-win situation. Yeah. And what's happening with the charity one? Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Um, okay. Uh, well, you know, obviously I've been doing this a long time now. So um, recently, uh, a while, just a while back, I, spoke to um, a, a martial arts based charity and it's called Reorg and Reorg yeah, Jiu-Jitsu Jiu Foundation who um, who spend a lot of time working and helping um, existing armed service personnel so serving personnel and veterans and they use um, Jiu-Jitsu specifically as a way to help these individuals work through any PTSD, any emotional difficulties, and in some cases, you know, severe physical trauma. Um, I interviewed Mark Armrod on my Instagram channel last week. Uh, he's a great example. He was the first triple amputee to come out of the war in Afghanistan. And uh, he is one of the advocates and ambassadors for Reorg and you know, it's, it's when you listen to his story, if you've already read his book, Man Down, you know, you, you, you sort of understand how inspirational he is, but it also showcases how important the work Reorg are doing. Um, and they've, they've expanded that now from not just armed services personnel, they've also working with emergency services personnel as well. Uh, and, I, you know, one of the things that they try and do is help. Because obviously one of the things with, certain demographics suicide is obviously quite quite high and you know martial arts is good for mental health and i guess you know martial arts training especially jiu-jitsu because of the structure of it is very similar to military life 
you yeah. know, his ranks, his, his training and so forth. So, so I came on, I offered my help because I was a great admirer of the work that we're doing. I offered my help um, to create going forward volumes made up of content from the world's best athletes and coaches with all the proceeds from each sale going to support and further their work. So those volumes, I don't literally take anything from the, you know, every bit, every hundred percent of the money raised from each sale goes to further their work. And I finish. So the first one that I'm making, um, I will finish by the middle of this month. And then, and then that goes up and, and then that, like I said, that'll be the first of what I, what I plan to be, to be many. Um, to support both Reorg, you know, and any other good causes that I think, you know, I can support in a positive way with what I do. You know, I've always been a, I've always been a very big supporter of good causes and charities. Um, specifically, I'm a volunteer for Mind. I've raised a lot of money in the past for um, the Kirsty Appeal uh, in Manchester. I, I raised money for NHS charities together over lockdown, doing digital seminars with coaches from across the world. Um, so I, I, you know, I'm a big believer in that. And for me, the, the platform that I've created and the community that I've developed, if I can use that to help other individuals, uh, as I have done in this case, then, then, then I, will, I will grab that with, with both hands. Yeah, that's super cool, dude. I mean, uh, it's a fantastic charity. I've, I've done quite a bit of research on what they do and I've spoken to some of the coaches. So nice job on that. Very, uh, very impressed. Um, quick question about moving forward. What's what's your goals? Because obviously, how, how many days of a year are you filming? You must be traveling a lot if you haven't got, you know, the whole lockdown problem. No, I mean, um, I mean, people kind of, get this wrong a lot really to be honest um i i don't travel that much oh, right. <laughs> you know, um, uh, i really don't um i i travel in pockets so if i'm away i'll be away for like two weeks solid and just going from here and there so so like last late last year i went to the states and i did 10 days and in 10 days i did i went to dublin london Calgary, Vancouver, and New York in 10 days. You know, so, so 10 days, not only was I traveling between all those countries, but I was going from gym to gym filming, you know, in every location. So, um, and I'm always a year ahead with footage, always. So I, lockdown didn't affect me because I was a year ahead. I had wow, a year was, that, was that intentional? No, it's just because I'm so obsessive. I just do too much. <laughs> um, so I, I I, you know, I literally have terabytes and terabytes of footage and content, you know, that I, I could not go anywhere for a year and not run out of content to put up. Amazing. Um, I have so much that I have. Um, but obviously at the moment, because things are different, you know, it's just altered plans a little bit. So I'm doing smaller trips over the next few months, just a day here or two days there. Um, but typically I don't, don't really travel that much. A lot of people come to me as well nowadays. So obviously I've got, I'm quite well known in the community. So people will come and see me at my place in Manchester. Um, and you know, they'll film, film with 
me there. So I do get a lot of people visiting me now. Um, yeah, because you have a full-time martial arts school as well, don't you? Yeah, so I have a full-time gym. It's about 6,000, 7,000 square foot. Um, and it's, it's quite unique looking. It's got a lot of artwork up because I, I like to use it as a studio as well as a gym. So it's quite... It's got, it's got quite a funky look to it. Um, so people like visiting. Um, and obviously the filming that I do a lot there, you know, most people, I think most people across the world will recognise my backgrounds now. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. All the time. So, um, so yeah, there is, you know, I do a lot there. Um, so, so, yeah, I kind of, I juggle between coaching. So I still coach, still very actively involved in, in teaching with doing the traveling, the filming. Um, and then obviously I, I, I've got another martial arts kind of digital site that's about to launch, which I've been holding back on because of COVID, but that's a new one. And that's what's called Martial Arts Collective. And that's a new one that's gonna start soon. Um, oh, cool. What's, what's the difference between that and Warrior Collective? So Warrior Collective is obviously about coaching, instructionals, teaching. Uh, martial Arts Collective is a bit like a, a trip advisor for gyms. Oh, so cool. It's kind of like a, a database of good gyms with each gym having a, a page within it where it can post videos people can leave reviews people can find out information so uh, one of the common things i get asked all the time is, is Stuart, what gyms you're yeah I wish Stuart, I tried. yeah what's a good what's a good gym here so i was like fed up answering the question all the time so, <laughs> so i thought it was quite a natural kind of transitionary partnership with my warrior collective so obviously i've been to so many gyms yeah um and i have a great relationship with lots of gyms so you know, they kind of figured to me that, you know, and again, people say use Google, but Google, because Google's algorithms obviously work for Google. So they don't always bring up relevant searches. They bring up who's got a really good website and who's put all yeah. the words in. And, you know, so it's, it's Google's a funny one. So I, I, st I still feel there's a relevance to it. And also by having that kind of aspect of, community engagement you know i mean how many times you see posts on facebook who can recommend a gym in this area my friends move into this area where's a good gym so i think with people go off other people you know and uh, that's why tripadvisor does so well is before people book holidays now they go on tripadvisor what do people think of this place you know yeah. and again for me martial arts collective then is is a gym version of that where gyms can i mean gyms don't need to go on there in, in the sense that so i i will be creating um listings across the board for all the gyms that i know and then obviously going past that researching gyms to add on a continuous basis but gyms don't need to take over their own listing they can just leave it as it is our gyms can take over their own listing put videos on, engage with any messages that go through it. So it's one of those sites that'll take a year or two to really get to the point where it's functioning properly because it, it has it needs a lot of user generated yeah, um, involvement. Yeah. But but I think once it's reached that level, you know, it's going to be a very usable and and hopefully, you know, very worthwhile platform for people to visit, 
you know, when they need that sort of advice or, or you know, when they're looking for, you know, a, a, you know, a different gym or a good gym or a big move or if it's the first time starting doing a gym, you know. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's an exciting project. And it just came off the back of, I always get asked the same things, you know. So I just thought, you know, rather than not listening to that, I'm going to try and create something that will be, you know, explanatory so they don't have to ask me. <laughs> That's a great point because uh, I'm often telling people you want to solve your own problem first. So like I, I set up Mitmaster because I was going through YouTube back in the day, you know, nine, ten years ago looking for pad drills. And I couldn't really find like loads of pad drills. The only decent, really great pad drills I can find were from David Breed, who's your coach. Um, and I was like, his pad drills are awesome. I was like, cool. But there wasn't a lot of pad work on the Internet at, you know, eight. 10 years ago so I thought well I'll put some of my stuff up then and that's where how the whole thing started for me so like you say if you can scratch your own itch so solve your own problem um that can go uh, um, and work out you know online and offline as well just one last question before I let you get on with your busy day is um you've got a lot going on like how do you find the time to do all of this you know you're running a youtube channel you're filming full full length instructionals you're running a full-time school you're starting to build a new website i mean that seems like a lot of a lot of stuff uh yeah no it is um, <laughs> uh you know uh it's it's hard to say you know sometimes some weeks i feel like like everyone else it does at times and i just feel like you know i've not done anything i've not got anything done and then other weeks i just feel like god all i've done this week is just done stuff and worked and you know so i wouldn't like to suggest that i have this perfect recipe for productiveness because it's uh unfortunately not like all the time but i guess for me you know I, it's just consistency you know, some weeks I'll get a lot done, some weeks I might not feel like I get as other done, but I'm always moving forward, you know, and I, I don't let obstacles stop me. If something comes up, I'll figure a way past it or I'll do something different, you know. So, I mean, at the moment, I'm in the middle of writing a book as well, my first one. <laughs> Add a book to the list, yeah. Yeah, so the book's quite exciting. And that's, um, again, the, the travel restrictions kind of, made my life difficult with that because it's 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 a, a warrior collective style book where i it's called the evolution of martial arts and striking sports and essentially it's me visiting coaches around the world who uh, who are elite strikers in their sport like boxing kickboxing muay thai karate taekwondo uh, and then taking photos of some of their different training methods so just like i would normally do a video but taking photos and then using the book medium to talk to them and talk me through, you know, in much greater depth, their perception of what they do rather than, so sometimes with videos, you get so caught up in the action, you don't always listen, or you don't always get the chance to hear the coach's actual perspective on the whys and the yeah. reasons. So the book then is going to allow me a, a, a greater way to put that across. So I'm halfway through that at the moment and um, it's just striking. And um, like I said, I probably would have finished it by now had I not had the restrictions for travel. Um, but it's, it's going to have like 16 to 20 of the world's best coaches and fighters in it. So, so far, um, I've got obviously people that are already on Warrior Collective like Damien Trainer, Lucian Carbine, Ivan Hippolyte, 
Um, but then I've also got other people who are on Warrior Collective who are from different styles, um, like Kevin Ross, who's Muay Thai from America, Damien Alamos, Muay Thai from France, Judd Reed, Kokushin Kai Karate from Australia. Um, so it's, so it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's just another project that fits in and aligns with what I do. And right now, the travel restrictions are making me have to find a way around it because what I was doing pre-lockdown was actually traveling to these coaches and taking the photographs myself. Yeah. Now, obviously, I'm kind of going, okay, these travel restrictions, who knows when they're going to finish. So we're, we're working out a different way to do it, you know. So I, I guess um, I never just have one thing on the go, you know, and I just kind of keep plugging away each week. And I'm very consistent. So I have a routine of like, so I've put out three videos every week on YouTube nonstop for like five or six years. Wow. I've never missed, I've never missed that, you know. Uh, and nowadays, I also put out at least one video on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever. So I add that to it. So that's kind of like my normal routine. And then everything on top of that, my normal coaching, my editing, my traveling, my filming, my book writing or whatever is just done on top of that. I mean, obviously, as I said before, I, I interview people like, like we're talking now. I, I also try and interview people who have a connection to martial arts, um, you know, weekly or uh, whenever I get the opportunity to on my Instagram and they could be actors or stunt people or musicians or coaches or fighters. Um, so like I said, last week I interviewed Mark Omrod, who, who obviously I told you about with Reorg. And then the week before I had interviewed Jacob Bertrand, who plays Hawk in the new Cobra Kai series. <laughs> uh, Tonight, I'm interviewing Chloe Bruce, oh, yeah. who's a really exceptional martial artist, and probably sure you know who she is. Yeah. Uh, and then next week, I'm supposed to be interviewing Shannon Lee, who's Bruce Lee's daughter. Oh, wow. Um, so, um, so, yeah, it kind of, I just always look for opportunities to, to do something cool that I think is of worth. But for me, you know, martial arts is always that theme that run through, runs through everything, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's... So, yeah, I guess when people... When other people might go to the pub or when other people might do something else, you know, this is what I would be doing, you know. And, and that's... It's not work to me. It's what I enjoy. So, you know, um, I think sometimes for me, I have to find that, okay, Stuart, you have to stop. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. you, You've, you've got to have a, a balance between this and, you know, family life, normal social life. And, but I guess if, if I didn't have my family, my children, I'd literally be just martial arts 24 seven. So it's, it's a good job. I have family and children. Otherwise, you know, people would be fed up with me by now. I'd, I'd be, I'd be, uh, I'd be never not doing something, but, but yeah, it, it is difficult to balance stuff. And I guess, if I had any advice for anyone, you know, because there was a point when I didn't have anything like this. There was a point when I was just teaching martial arts. You know, I started off just teaching martial arts in a hall once a week that I hired, you know, yeah. one class, I had one student, you know, and then I built that up to three full-time gyms. And then I did, then I did, I ran a, 
I ran a MMA promotion and a jiu-jitsu promotion for years called Take Down MMA. And, and that was, was very big. It held um, one of the biggest amateur MMA, MMA events ever held in Europe at the Manchester Velodrome. That was 2010, 2009. Um, and then from when I decided I didn't want to do the events, as much as I wanted to travel, I kind of stopped the promotion and then I started working on developing the ideas for the Warrior Collective. You know, so even when I was running that promotion, I had had full-time gyms, you know, so it's, yeah. it's always been something that, you know, I like to stay busy, you know, and I like to be involved in the community and I like to be involved in something that I feel is positive and of worth. And for me, martial arts it is all of those things. You know, I, I always say, you know, well, I don't always say, but, you know, anyone, if anyone was listening, I'd say to them, you're teaching martial arts, then you're providing worth to the people who you're interacting with, you know, on different levels. And for years, when I was younger, I used to get embarrassed about telling people what I did. I didn't want to say I was a martial arts instructor because I always used to get that you know, Kung Fu noises, oh, I'm going to chop you, you know, <laughs> you know, obviously I grew up, you know, in council estates in Manchester and it's, it can be rough at times and, you know, people would want to fight with you because you were doing kickboxing or you were competing. So I got to a point where I just wanted to avoid that conversation. So it kind of got a bit, oh, I don't want to say it to people, you know, so, but now, you know, as I've grown up, I kind of see the real worth that, coaches and martial arts athletes and individuals have on the world if if they're obviously the good people you know not everyone's a good person but the majority definitely are and the ripples that they create through their own coach and their own inspiring other people their own positive interaction you know they can't be underestimated and i think that's why martial arts remains the solid theme that it is for me is there's never been anything that's come close to that kind of ethos, you know, no matter what else I've done. Um, you know, when I was younger, I spent a couple of years overseas and I was uh, living for a while, um, mixing between living on the beach in the south of France or the west of France or Portugal and living in the Alps. So I was, I was a very good skier and boarder. So I was teaching skiing and boarding in the Alps and I was very close to Oh, maybe I should give skiing and boarding a try a competition. Maybe I should live over here. And so when I was over there, I was constantly doing martial arts in the evening. Um, but the martial arts, you know, in these places wasn't very good, you know, so I was kind of not really getting that itch scratched. You know, I remember when I was living on the beach in France, just literally doing boxing on the beach with some Irish travelers, you know, and, and just to try and get some combat sports. So in the end, it was like, oh, this isn't, it's not enough for me. So I came back and left all that. <laughs> and since all that point, you know, it's just, you know, it's just lived and breathed martial arts. So, um, so yeah, I've, I've, like, for those couple of years, when I was traveling across Europe, I did try, I always did martial arts in the evening, but I did try other things in the day. And as much as I enjoyed them, you know, the surfer lifestyle, the ski lifestyle, the extreme sports lifestyle, they just didn't seem to have the substance that martial arts offers, you know, and that's where I think, you know, coaches and schools and gyms, 
you know, when they're bogged down and maybe they're not making much money or they're going through a difficult time because they're all sole traders, they're all individual business people, it's very easy to lose track of the value that you offer. Yeah. You know, I'd always say to people, you know, head up, you know, it, things change, you know, you've got to be proactive, you've got to stay going forward, but don't lose faith in, in what you're doing or in who you are, you know, um, and especially nowadays, you know, things are difficult, but be, be able to adapt, you know, it's like you said before about, you know, teaching online, it's maybe not what you thought your future would look like, but you know, there's one thing that's guaranteed is change and you either change with times and adapt and develop yourself or, you know, you, you look around you and you stay still and you, you wonder why, you know, um, you're not going anywhere because you haven't been brave enough to take that first step. And, you know, it's that old cliche, isn't it? That old quote, a, a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step and it's taking those single steps each day and realizing, you know, you're not going to get there overnight, but if you're moving forward, you're moving forward, you know? So I've, I have a big respect for the martial arts community. You know, I really do. Well, so do I. I think they're wonderful people. And we, like you say, we make a massive difference to a lot of people's lives. Um, where can people find out about you, sir, if they want to get in touch? Um, obviously, um, the website, you know, is warriorcollective.co.uk. Social media, it's usually either my name, Stuart Tomlinson, on Instagram or YouTube, or, or it's Warrior Collective. If you put Warrior Collective in social media, you'll usually come crop up and you know people can you know you know i obviously get a lot of messages and a lot of emails but i try i do try to respond to everyone it's just yeah. very good i get so many because i've got so many platforms so it can be really difficult sometimes to respond to every single one but i just tell people if i don't respond once don't feel like i'm ignoring you just try again a month later, <laughs> or a month later because i just might not have, just genuinely might not have seen it yeah, I know. I know the feeling. Um, thank you very much. Amazing interview, like loads of nuggets and gold and, and great information and inspiration for people. Um, thanks very much for taking the time out of your day. I, I know you seem to be super busy. Hope you get your book finished. I'll, I'll get a copy as soon as it's done. And uh, thanks for chatting with me today. No, thank you for having me on. Uh, and it's been, it's been great catching up with you. Thanks, Matt. Cheers, Stuart. Thank you.